Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. So welcome to the Jane Anderson Brand You Show where we talk everything about people who have personally branded businesses because people buy from people and they buy from people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So welcome back. I'm so excited to have you back on the the show. If you're listening in for the first time, my sincerest and warmest uh, welcome to you. It's been a, a few weeks since we put the podcast out because we've been busy doing some some work in the background to be able to bring some new and exciting things for the new year. So I don't know about you, but if if you're starting, you know, starting to wind down to the end of the year a little bit and starting to really think about 2017 and I think what I'm what's happening is when I'm out speaking with people they're really starting to become mindful of next year I've spoken to people who've had a tough year and um, my challenge to them has been really think about what is it that's your intention for 2017 and what you would like to create and uh, so with that in mind uh, to share with you a couple of updates that have been happening in the background, what has just been launched this week is the Jane Anderson app. So you'll find it on Android and iTunes. And this, uh, the app is, its real intention is to be able to put some of this content all in one spot. So if you want to download the app, you'll find it has all the videos, all the podcasts, and all the uh, blog posts all in one area. And it has a search function as well. So if you're wanting to go back through previous shows or you want a more condensed version through videos and things like that, uh, make sure you jump on iTunes or if you've got Android, you can jump on Google Play and you can download the app today. Uh, some exciting things coming for the new year. So we have the new influencer book coming. So I've been working on that in the background. And the influencer book is really about the 12 secrets to explode your list skyrocket your leads and supercharge your visibility and it's a really ideal guide it's a real step-by-step guide for thought leaders thought leaders and trusted advisors i found this year that i was having this conversation a lot (laughs) and uh, i was having conversations with people who had linkedin profiles or needed help with linkedin but when i got talking to them they actually had more a, a bigger issue on their hands or they had other really low-lying fruit that they could work on as part of their lead generation strategy so keep an eye out for the influencer book we'll be talking more about that in the coming months it should be out uh, probably the end of february 2017 so that's coming soon i'll also have an online questionnaire where you'll be able to assess your own business so that's coming in the very near future as well But the intention for today, I am so excited about today because we have a very, very special guest. Now, the guests that I have on today, as you know, we always tend to interview people who have made that transition from having a a differently branded business, like a standard type brand, to have made that move over to being personally branded. But today I've made an exception to the rule. (laughs) 
this, uh, our guest today, I saw her speak in Phoenix, Arizona, where she lives, and um, and I attended the uh, P- uh, the National Speakers Convention in July uh, this year, 2016, and this person spoke. They they actually delivered one of the very first sessions of what was a I think it was a five day conference, and this first session first session with this uh, presenter today. When I sat in this session. I was literally uh, blown away. I was, it was exactly just so, so uh, practical, so useful and so insightful. And in that first session, I could have easily gone on a plane and come back home quite happy that what I got was really useful and really helpful and I didn't even need to attend the rest of the conference. I would have been quite happy just walking away with, with what I heard. I'm very lucky to be able to um, be able to convince her to join us today because I think what she had to say was just so valuable uh, for all of us and I've convinced her to to come on the show today. So our very special guest today is a lady called Deborah Gardner. So Deborah speaks from a lifetime of experience. She's a marine brat and an Olympic trial swimmer to one of the first, and from being an Olympic trial swimmer to one of the first female broadcasters with CBS Sports in the US. So today, Deborah's specialty and platform is don't quit, do it, which clearly applies to what she's very well known for in the meetings industry as the naked negotiator. Her long-time experience comes from being a hotel sales veteran, a 25-year meeting professionals international member and chapter president. She has also presented to hundreds of hospitality industry organisations throughout North America, along with being recognised as one of only five speakers worldwide that has received the certified meeting professional designation. So recently, Deborah was honoured as the Convention Industry Council's top 30 most influential meeting professionals and Meeting and Conventions magazine uh, conducted a favourite speaker poll and they asked who is the single best speaker that they have heard in the last two years. Now, among that short list of winners, uh, people that we know here in Australia like uh, Colin Powell, Bill Clinton, Les Brown, Barbara Cochran, Magic Johnson, would you believe their response was this lady, Deborah Gardner. Now, thriving on the speaking side of the fence, Deborah's goal is to help improve the gap when decision makers and speakers work together. So here with us today, all the way from Phoenix, Arizona in the US, Deborah Gardner, CMP. Thank you so much for joining us, Deborah. I'm so grateful to have you on the show. You are an extraordinary wealth of knowledge. It's hard to know even where to start with you. But um, <laughs> yeah, as I said, I uh, heard you speak and uh, at convention, and I just knew I had to uh, get what you had to say and 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 um, get you to share your expertise and what you had to say uh, with us today. So, can you give us some a little bit of context of you know the, your journey into the speaking world? A lot of our listeners are speakers because they're all experts in their field. And um, can you tell us a bit about your journey and what's led you to where you are now? 
Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm so delighted to be here, Jane. I am just thrilled that uh, you and I had an opportunity to meet last summer. And to even be asked on your show, it, it's, it's just a delight to me because the more um, I'm able to spread the, the information that I've learned over a 25-year period in a very short period of time, um, it's, it's a gift from me to you and, and vice versa. And I just want to say thank you so much. And, and the journey to even get here was actually very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a long yet rewarding industry, a career that I've had in the hospitality industry, but it actually started way back when I was in college, um, especially for the speaking industry side of things. Uh, as a swimmer in college, I wasn't really allowed to, to work, but yet on campus, I was given an opportunity to be a PA announcer, a public address announcer for the activities that were happening on campus. Oh. And uh, I, I look at it as my first speaking engagement um, in front of 14,000 14, people. <laughs> yes, but unfortunately, I announced the wrong mascot and got booed by 14,000 people. <laughs> and the ironic thing was, uh, the, the time that this happened, I actually was, uh, they, they actually were uh, broadcasting this on CBS, which uh, I ironically ended up working for down the road. So it's been kind of an interesting road for me to get where I am today. And because what it did was it led me to the hospitality industry mm -hmm. where my love, my love of that industry has been. And um, gosh, that, that's just been a, a wonderful, wonderful industry, very exciting. And I'm so happy to give back to that industry that has been so good to me. And that's kind of how I feel about NSA and the speaking world. I feel like this type of niche type of information can be very, very helpful for what we do. Yeah, you've had, you know, your journey from, you know, the professional athlete into the meetings industry itself, like the insight that, that you have and then you speak on performance. You know, I don't think you could get somebody who would know the industry inside out and back the front as much as as you would um and you know i think uh when you spoke you know you gave uh, just a, a truckload of some of the things that are really happening in meeting professionals world at the moment what what do you see you know i think for speakers you know the the meeting professionals world or here in australia if we call them um, event planners or professional conference organizers uh, organizers sometimes we call them pcos um, if you know that that can sometimes sort of feel like a if someone's new in the speaking industry that there's like this veil of I don't know what goes on in their world and how do they decide and and all those of who they would work with and all those types of things. Um, what do you think is going on for meeting professionals right now in their world? What are some of the challenges that they're facing that you're seeing? Well, you're absolutely right um, with all the above. The industry um, is a very challenging one. It's a frustrating one. It's a, it's a changing one. Um, there, and with new speakers coming in to the experienced speakers, there's so much to embrace in the, uh, in the meetings industry. Um, but what I'm finding is that the speaking industry really hasn't been able to tap in to what meeting professionals do. And, and I want to say thank you. I'm very proud of you. You've been calling them meeting professionals, um, which <laughs> is what 
the meetings industry wants to be known for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because think about this, we want to be called, you know, professional speakers, professional coaches, or professional trainers, or, or even, you know, best-selling authors. But yeah. then we forget that, that the meeting planners and the event planners uh, want to be respected too. So yeah. I, I'm proud that you picked that up because um, <laughs> that was a very important point. It in was. Yeah, last year's session, which, by the way, I want to say thank you to these speakers for allowing me to be within their time slot in that area. Mm. Um, but, but we have to really look at the meetings industry and really look at it more in depth. We're so focused on our own business that we forget sometimes who our customers are, are really all about. Yes. And I, I believe that you know, just starting with saying, hey, you know, they are meeting professionals. Mm -hmm. um, because there's so many different people that can hire you today. Um, I even look on, on many, many speaker sites, uh, websites, and I'll see that they have a little page or in the navigation bar that says meeting planner, uh, which really is interesting because meeting planners don't want to be designated away from the rest of their website. Um, they want as much resources as possible. So if speakers can look at their website as, as anybody that goes to their website, they are considered a meeting professional, even if they're an admin or they might be a lawyer or they might you know, just be happening to look at your website. Those are decision makers of some sort or influencers. Yes. So having a separate meeting planning page is too limiting for them. And if you prefer to have that, that type of page, at least change the name to be <laughs> professional. Um, because again, we don't we want to make sure that they're very well respected. And that's one of the areas that the speaking industry is just has not been able to tap into yet. Right. That's interesting because I think sometimes we try to be customer oriented and have something like that for them, but you're saying it's a bit restrictive for them. So Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because the, the thing is, um, the way I look at it is there's a brand that you manage and then there's a brand they manage. Yes. And many professionals are very resourceful. Uh, they've got this friend called Google. <laughs> so <laughs> a one sheet, a one sheet or, or an e-blast, they don't work anymore. They're right. going to dig deeper, they're going to dig deeper to find out more about you than ever before because they are like a dating service. They're there <laughs> to match up their attendees, match up their attendees to thousands and thousands of experts and trying to make a right fit. So they're, they're doing a lot more resource uh, digging than ever before. So for them to find, you know, spend 15 minutes online looking and digging for information on you is like, you know, better than two hours of playing trees of there because they're going to find out. So it's best for you, for speakers, coaches, traders, authors to really have their information updated. Right. That's where, they're, that's where they're going. They're going above and beyond just for the information you give them. Right. Looking at um, not just, do you find they look not just at show reels? Because sometimes, you know, the show reel it can be, you know, the polished version of what you're putting in front of them. But are they looking at YouTube videos? They're looking at blog videos, like all those types of things as well, or absolutely. mostly just show reel? Yeah. Okay. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I guess you could say that you have to create a chemistry with them before you even get to talk to them. Yes. Other you, a chemistry has to happen, and the only way to do that is to be proactive and make sure that you have 
everything well organized, all your nuts and bolts together, um, everything up to date, uh, because that's what they're looking at. Right. And Deborah, can you tell us a bit about, you know, when, when I saw you speak, one of the most insightful things that I think, I mean, every it was like drinking from a fire hydrant. You had so much amazing information and I couldn't write fast enough. Um, and um, uh, But one of the things that I thought was really insightful that you said was um, the impact of things like the drought and how that affects the budget that uh, meeting professionals have when they're putting together events and I um, because that affects food prices that affects um, you know catering and and essentially a speaker is really competing with all those costs not just you know the choice of speaker but being mindful of the value that they have to bring um, can you give us a, a, a I've probably not said that in the in the right way that you said it but um, could you share a little bit more on, you know, some of those types of things that you've perhaps seen that speakers aren't necessarily mindful of? Absolutely, absolutely. What um, I covered, and again, I'm glad you picked that up because that's a very important part of knowing more about their business. Um, I attended a conference called the Hunter Hotel Conference where there were some economists there talking about the pretty much the world economy, but in particular, the hospitality industry. And mm -hmm. they called it the waves of disruption. Uh, there's a lot of things that are actually coming up that are going to disrupt our business, and we need to stay on top of it and understand it more related to the media planners and what they do and how they do it to help our own business. And you're absolutely right. One of them was the drought, the droughts that do go on. And what affects us here in the United States could affect anywhere else as well, including Australia. So I think mm. um, understanding what the meeting planners are dealing with, um, what they're you know, going through is going to be key. So what you were referring to was one of the three most critical factors that meeting professionals deal with, other than location and room rate, is food and beverage. And for us, 74-97% of our food in the United States comes from the California area where there's a drought. We're talking about where there's nuts, plums, celery, carrots, spinach, artichokes, uh, cauliflower. All these ingredients that are used for the food and beverage portions of their, of their menus, of their banquet menus, are going to probably affect our feeds. So if you can't get a particular theme from a particular client, ask them why, and you might even bring up, does it have anything to do with the location, the room rate, or the food and beverage? Understanding what they're faced with will bring you to a more bonding relationship situation with them, and they will respect you more, and who knows, turn around and find that theme for you. Other than that, all you can do is pay for rain. <laughs> <laughs> so if Australia is going through some drought areas, um, it's, it's just an example of, of looking deeper into things that they have to deal with. Another idea is mm. the new competition uh, for space. The space mm -hmm. is changing uh, quite a bit. And one of the examples I used uh, for the, the, the session you saw last summer was in particular mm. talking about esports. Esports is a new um, oh, game. Yes. Yeah, it's video games that's on ESPN. 
And we're talking, we're talking about a $600 million industry that's about 140 million active fans. And these are being taken place in stadiums, in very large venues. And what's mm. that doing? That, what is that doing? It's, it's actually um, bringing the, the business that's from the stadiums to smaller arenas and venues. And the smaller arena of venue business is being pushed to the hotel level. And the hotel level is being pushed to museums, bowling alleys, um, uh, other types of, of other venues. So in reference to the new space, the new competition for space, we mm -hmm. as speakers or trainers can end up pretty much talking, uh, you know, giving our speeches anywhere. And wow. you might be at a, at a bowling alley, you might be at a museum or a zoo. Um, there's all kinds of different areas that are coming up for us. And we have to be very cognizant to that and flexible to that as well. Yes. Now, with Australia, Australia is um, coming up with, gosh, in the next 10 years, a lot of growth, especially in the hotel industry. It's about $58 billion worth of new flexible extended facilities that will be built in Australia. So Australia is going to have a lot more venues uh, for meetings to take place in the next 10 years, and that's a really good growth sign for Australia. It really is. And that even then, I guess, highlights the challenge. You know, I don't know if you find this, but I find when I'm working with speakers is, you know, they're not very mindful that the, the problem that an event manager has is they've got to fill that room. You know, so they've got to be able to sell tickets. They have to be able to be confident that if they put you on a on a registration page on a website or if they list the speakers, that you you have enough pull to help them make that event um, happen. So right. do you find that? Really, yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, the way we look at it is both Forbes and Pedal Intelligence released a study in the top 10 most stressful jobs for 2016. The top five look like this. Military personnel, yes. firefighters, airline pilots, police officers, and number five, are meeting professionals. No oh, wonder they act the way they do, right? But we as speakers, we know them as control freaks that suck the value out of it. You know, they want to check your slides, they want to they want you to tweet 20 times, they you know, they tell you you're just a time slot position and they make you wait to receive a deposit payment maybe over a two-week deadline. So yeah, what what meeting, you know, what speakers are, are missing is is the truth here. The truth is Speakers are only one small piece of a very fast-moving puzzle. Yes. And they are dealing with so much that is going on behind mm. the scenes, the back of the house, the logistics that would blow our minds. Yes. So truth is, you're only a small piece of a very fast-moving puzzle. And uh, we have to respect all the, other, all the things that they have to do behind the scenes. Yeah, so so you don't recommend coming in and saying I'll be um I'll be in the green room backstage. I'd like all the blue M and M's. Right, yeah, that, that's, those things are gone. The three folks and bag of blue M and M's. Those are gone. Absolutely gone. As a matter of fact, the media industry still struggles with the speaking uh, the speaking industry with when it comes to conduct attitude and behavior. Um, the ego still keeps flying by and, and it's still right in front of them. And I think that 
if you want to be easily hired, you have to be visible. You have to be available. Um, yep. Here's a very big hint. If you're a good speaker uh -huh. that returns phone calls faster than great speakers, you will get the job. Wow. So okay. Definitely, definitely do what it takes to respond. Again, be proactive. Understand that their logistics are endless. There's no reason to go on site and hide. Um, as a matter of fact, when I go, when I land in somebody's city, right there when I land, I send them a text to let mm. them know I am there. And I'll say something like, the eagle has landed. And we'll <laughs> get a chuckle out with that. But you, you're on the clock is the yes. way I look at it. You have to have a mentality. You're on the clock once you land and well, once you sign a contract. You're part of, you know, they are your customer. And yes. Staying after a program, you know, you have to ask the question, what's going on? Would you like for me to stay? Because they know speakers as, as a fly-in, fly-out mentality. And we, yes. need to, we need to, to do more um, in order to help them because one of the questions we need to ask ourselves is how do, how, you know, how do you relieve their stress while improving a better working relationship so that you can be hired for the job? And if you already know that answer, the next question is, are you putting it into practice? Mm. So we need to do more in, in order to stand out among other thousands and thousands of experts out there that they can choose from. Mm. And Deborah, have you found that, uh, I think when you spoke, we talked to, or you mentioned a little bit about, I think when the GFC came, you know, that speakers were really forced to add more value um, because people weren't spending as much. And so that sort of created a new standard, I suppose, of value for speakers to bring. So things like, uh, you know, extra videos or, or blogs that event managers can use as part of their marketing campaigns, um, you know, all those types of things. And I, um, do you think that that uh, experience, having gone through that, that that's kind of now set the new, the new bar? And for those people who are doing that, they, like you said, are the ones that are going that extra mile and making the event, uh, the meeting professionals' professionals' life easier. That are the ones that will get the work. I do absolutely. You're you're right on target with that. And yet, we want to make sure that it's the right fit for your materials, your right fit for whatever you're presenting uh, right. to that particular group. Um, I know that. We talked about technology, and sometimes meeting professionals will ask, you know, do you mind doing the, you know, the tally up on the screen so we can get people engaged? Well, mm. here's the thing: yeah, here's the thing. You can't just do that because the meeting professional is asking you that. You have to make sure that that fits within your business model or or your program, uh, because technology, as an example, has increased, but not what speakers do. Um, because we know there's a lot of cool jack gadgets out there, but there's no concrete proof that there's been, um, you know, revenue increases, attendee increases, or success increase uh, when it comes to technology at programs. Unless you're a technology expert, that's a totally different ballgame. But if you're just going to throw in that you're doing, you know, some technology cool gadget works with them, uh, just know that if it's not a strategy within what you do, then it's, you, you don't want to do it. Um, it really has to fit with what you do. Um, when it comes to technology, you know, 
the, the conference apps are being used quite a bit. It's been a fact that they're, they're used 83% and is only increasing. So if you feel that you need to add another technology piece to it, it might be overdone. So stick with your business model. And if there's something that goes with your training, your, your programs, uh, you know, your consulting, whatever your work is, by all means, cover that with the media professional to make sure that that's going to be you know, viable for, for a success for everybody. Oh, that's fantastic advice. I think it's, it's, it's easy to get caught up in shiny new objects, yes. isn't it? And, oh, and then, it certainly is. And we want to do it all, but you yes. can't do it all. It's the only way to stand out. It's almost like that, that thing called, you know, less is more. But um, yes. understanding understand the business trends and the forecasts and the economic impacts and the value of these, while understanding their language will help quite a bit. Because here's the thing, in the U.S., there's 11 million meetings happening per day. That means 11 million per day. Oh my per day. It's 55 per week, and that's 220 million a year. By next year, they said they will beat 20 million. And Australia is just behind, not, not far behind. So wow. there's a lot of meetings going on. There's a lot of business out there for everyone. So to try to Wrap it up and say yes to everything when you're not the right fit is only going to be uh, you know, devastating in the end. So you definitely want to stick with your, your business plan and uh, your model. Wow, that's fantastic advice, Deborah. Uh, is there anything else that uh, that you think that would be really valuable that we, that I perhaps haven't thought of, or even to ask you? You know, we could sit here and listen to you for a week. I know I could. Um, but is there anything in particular that you think is even 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 more valuable that we should know that um, would be helpful? Oh, absolutely. Some of, some of your your listeners will be thinking, well, what should I do next um, with all this kind of information? I uh -huh. believe that. You really need to get involved. Um, there's uh, chapters uh, all around you know, the country of Australia. There's HSMAI, there's HFTP, there's Chambers. There's other resources that can help you become more educated um, right. in the news industry, like the, the CIM magazine, the International Meetings Review. There's MeetingsNet, MNC, MeetPi.com. Uh, I mean, if you just Google, um, meetings and you know, events uh, type of, of online magazines. There's all kinds of wealth of information there. And here's the biggest thing. Um, the campaign for meetings has an actual designated day. It's actually a $1 trillion package that led to the Global Meetings Industry Day. And that day happens to be Sunday, April 16, 2017. Of anything that you're hearing now, I would love your listeners to actually mark their calendar, April 16, 2017, because it's recognized worldwide. And if you want to connect with your clients or your potential clients, pick up the phone, email them, whatever best way of communication, and celebrate that day with them. It's called Meetings mm -hmm. in Business. It's Global Meetings Industry Day. It's a designated day for the meetings industry to celebrate being in business. Um, and that's what we try to do is, is continue the face-to-face -face business as much as possible. And there's a lot of um, events that happen that day, too. You know, you can hook up with your clients or your potential clients. But that is one celebrative day 
at the world uh-huh. comes together in the news industry. So take advantage of that. Yeah, wow, that's great advice. I don't think that's been on probably any of our radars. So that's very helpful. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, Deborah, while I've got your ear, I'm curious. One of the things that I I do with um, some of my clients and when I'm working with um, uh, experts in their space is try to help them set up some habits and routines uh, to help them particularly with working with um, meeting professionals or their clients just in general, um, but even for themselves. Now, you've got not only a you're certified meeting professional, you're a professional speaker and you've been a professional athlete. You've got, all, you've got um, it all happening. I'm really curious, uh, just as an aside, because uh, I've got a bit of a productivity obsession, um, I was curious as to, you know, being a professional athlete and you, your discipline to be able to do that means you've got good habits and routines. Are there any particular habits and routines that you see for whether it's for speakers or even speakers' support teams like their executive assistants or their relationship managers? or Do you see anything like that, that or that you have personally that, that a speaker could implement that you find works well? Oh, what a very good question. Um, absolutely, absolutely. There's there's multiple ways of doing this, but um, being seen as a good team, I know, is extremely important, an extremely important part of the Australian culture. And um, you can't do it alone. Um, going solo is, is, is almost obsolete. So I think as a team, it has to do with communication communication among each other, even if it's just double-checking, um, yes. and, and really making sure that everything is understood and organized. Being very well organized as a team can really go a long way with um, gathering as much uh, uh, business as possible, and asking the right questions, um, creative and productive questions um, mm-hmm. are very important. Uh, if you're on the phone or if you're trying to uh, do your homework on a company, you know, one of the last questions you want to ask is, you know, what is the meeting planner's name? Um, you should know that. You have to know those things before going into, um, you know, into some kind of negotiations or, or into some kind of contract. I think these, these things are very, very important to know. Always keep the customer end of mind. Uh, and uh, how how you can make things easier for them, as we've been talking about throughout this whole interview, just keeping that in mind. What what is it that we can do as a team to make it easier on the customer? Uh, and it's amazing how creative you can be <laughs> overall. But one thing that the meetings industry really looks for in a team is how enthusiastic, how excited. And are they willing to learn along the way, especially from each other? They can uh-huh. see that. They can right. smell that from a mile away if a team is working together um, cohesively or not. Because um, they have to work with teams too, and they're only going to want to work with good teams. So if the speaker's on the road and they have an admin to do backup work, um, that just moves the business faster to get you hired. So I guess it's best, you know, just have a team that 
that can do that can really actually do your job. <laughs> right. Is the best way to do it. But I believe that the team needs to be involved as much as possible. They are the ones that need to read up and be educated in the industry as well. They need to know the players. Um, they should be tagging along as well if they're meeting them face to face for lunch. Uh, they have to be just as everybody has to be part of the team. Um, there's no boss, there's no staff. It's it's all has to be together. And again, I know that's the Australian culture. Um, yes. and it's very important. And so you're way ahead of the game than most countries. <laughs> right. That's interesting because we do talk a, a bit about trust, and uh, and some of my content is around trust. So it sounds like it's one of those things that builds trust with meeting professionals that they say. You know, it's okay. This person's got, you know, people around them, or they're working cohesively, so they're going to create a great result for our event. So it creates that peace of mind for a meeting professional. Right, trust and even respect. Respect um, goes a long way. It goes a long way because things are changing. Things yes. are being disrupted. You have to decide: are you going to disrupt or are you going to be disrupted? Yes. So, you're going to do that as a team or not at all. So um, it's, it's a big uh, big part of, of getting hired. Right. Deborah, you've got so, such a wealth of knowledge. And even, you know what I can't believe? I can't believe, I think, that it, you've been doing this uh, where uh, I think we mentioned in your your uh, bio that you'd been um I think you've been doing this, a 25-year meeting professional international member. You must have started this when you were, like, three. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could play that. <laughs> I, I wish I could play that. <laughs> well, I've been, I definitely have been very fortunate to, uh, to come from an industry that has really helped my business. And there's been a lot of speakers that will approach me and say, you know, Deborah, can I have your contacts? But you know what? The bottom line, it's a very relationship-based industry. 96% mm. of the time, they will not pick up your, the phone to talk to you unless you have all your ducks in a row and really right. find out what, what it means to them to hire you. And the ultimate um, one piece of advice that I'd love to give is that media professionals don't hire speakers to hear what they have to say as much as you meet their goals and objectives. Right. That is key. Know their goals and objectives, and ask them directly what that is. It will yes. tell them that you're speaking their language. Yes. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's about the goal for the event, not how awesome you are. Exactly, <laughs> because the world doesn't evolve around us. <laughs> yes, we have yes. to make that happen. We have to make that the event happen for them. Make them a hero. Oh, terrific! Thank you, mm -hmm. Deb. Deb. You must have so much going on for you. You're in such demand. What are you working on oh. next? Oh, you're so sweet. Um, actually, um, it's time for me to, as they say, slow down and speed up. Um, yes. I am, I'm actually going to take a couple months off um, mm -hmm. into the new year. It's been tough to say no, but it's been fun to be, <laughs> to recommend my, my, my speaker peeps. Because um, I've been uh, self-published with four books now, but now I would, I would like to publish my very first book um, uh -huh. called Inexperience Advantage and how inexperience fits within others you work with, you live with, and also from within. I've had a great, um, great um, opportunity to really look with 
been the inexperienced and experienced uh, world, and, and I'd like to, to really focus on that book at this time. That's what I'm right. doing. Yeah. Wow. Say. We can't wait to hear about that. I'll be the one of the first to be, be um, purchasing it. Um, Deborah, when do you think uh, it will that be published later in 2017? Do you anticipate, or is that a 2018 type project? Oh yeah, no, I actually want it done in, in 2017, and, and uh -huh. I'll move on. I'm a, I'm a big believer. Um, I've, I've tried to learn to multitask um, yes. in the hospitality industry, which is what we do. Uh, yes. But uh, I'm finding. Uh, as I get older, you know, one project at a time. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I really want to make sure that I spend as much time on that to get it done while it's fresh in my, my head and yes. uh, not put it off. So I'd like to get it done uh, as quickly as possible. I'll let you know. Yes, most definitely. We'd love to hear about it and might even get you back on when after you <laughs> the, the excitement of when you're launching because uh, I'm sure there'd be lots in there that would be really useful. Um, I, I love your practical approach and your um, just your insights and how relevant you make your information. And uh, and but at the same time, it's it's motivating, inspiring. You've really got such a three dimension uh, to your content and the, your mindset and the way that you communicate. So um, well, I think that it'll be great. And Jane, I want to say thank you to you um, because I don't uh, have as much time available to do interviews like this. But after meeting you and uh, understanding that Australia, the country of Australia, can really utilize this type of information, I would yes. be happy to come back on your show anytime. Oh, terrific! And uh, Deborah, if, for when the book comes out, or if people want to. Uh, want to follow you or download your um, your blog or if people want to go and find out more about all the amazing stuff that you have to say or equally there may be meeting professionals here who are listening to this and uh, looking at getting you out to Australia which would be awesome um, so you know where where are they best to go to find out more Oh, thank you. This is, uh, I'm delighted to stay in touch with anyone that would like to know more or even expand on some of this information that uh, I've only been able to touch on and will constantly keep changing as the meat industry does. But I'm available on all social media links. Um, and if anybody would like to go to my website, uh, Deborah at DebraGardner.com, um, or my email is, is attached there, Deborah at DebraGardner.com. Uh, please let me know. The website is DebraGardner.com and the email is Deborah at DebraGardner.com. Other than that, I'm always up for lunch or cocktails in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely be treating you if you get it, can make it over here. Yeah, we've got plenty of water here, Deborah. So um, it will always throw a swim in for you as well. We might not be very fast, not as fast as you. <laughs> I would be delighted to have that. It's been one of my bucket lists, so I eventually will get there and I'll let you know. Yes, great. All right, thank you so much for your time today, Deborah. Good luck with the book. I think it will be such a, a game changer for people uh, and the, for those who, uh, who read it and how much it will uh, impact those, uh, your readers. And um, we are so grateful for your generosity in your information and insights today. Uh, and, um, and we look forward to keeping in touch and following your journey. So um, we'll have this on, our, uh, on iTunes and we'll have it on the website. 
And um, I'll, on the website I'll have uh, all Deborah's details and her uh, links to her website and all that sort of thing. So if you want more information, you can um, easily find Deborah. So thank well, you so much. It was a pleasure. Okay. I'm your number one fan, just so you know. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's the Mutual Admiration Society. <laughs>